Welcome back. It is time for the final Winkly of the week. I am your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am joined here as I am nearly every Thursday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. It is good to be back after the one long day departure. Man, it has only been 24 hours, but I'm not kidding you. The run sheet for today's show is impressive. I think we're going to have a really, really fun time today talking about the goings-on in the world of pro wrestling, Justin. It's never dull. Never dull. Uh, You're my good friend. I've known you for years now, Justin. I'm very happy to say that we've got two more interviews here today, and these are two people. I I like the last show of the week to be a little bit more fun a little bit more friendly. These are two guys I've known for years as well. I've got to interview them both on several occasions. Uh, I'm going to be chatting later in the show with Chavo Guerrero and the uh, commentator for MLW, former SmackDown commentator, Rich Bikini. Both of them will be on the show here later. Uh, Chavo, uh, we did over the phone, but I got to actually do the interview with Rich in person before MLW's Intimidation Games. I will give fair warning there is, like, I would say 20% wrestling talk. Like, Rich and I kind of go off on some tangents about Simpsons, the movies, and sports. So, definitely a fun Friday-esque uh, type piece for everybody out there today. But you and I... Ooh, Chavo. Dude, so, it was kind of crazy. So, I don't know that I've ever told this story on the show, though. Maybe I have. I don't know. But I, I did the interview with Rich at Cicero Stadium, and I've done a show with Chavo at Cicero Stadium in in Chicago here. And when I was doing the match, we were putting the match together in the back. Um, he was going to do this spot where he gave, because I was managing this tag team, he was going to give one of them a, a, a suplex, and he was going to give the other the suplex, and then I was going to pop up on the apron, right? And he would give me the third suplex, right? And uh, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to take that. I'm, I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> and he's like, wait, you don't know how to bump? And I was like, no, I've I've no idea. And he and he he told me to f off and leave the uh, the dressing room. Huh. <laughs> you had you had never bumped him to that point, dude. I still I was never trained. I was never formally trained. I'm actually trying, and I haven't talked about this at all. But I'm actually trying to get in decent enough shape here right now because Pro Wrestling Tees has got a a ring. I'm getting the itch to go to go get some just reps in. Um, but uh, no, I was never formally trained. As a manager, they didn't want me trained. They were like, we don't want you falling and moving like the wrestlers, which resulted in me getting hurt quite a bit, you know? See, it's funny with Chavo. I, I've always, I mean, well, I, I discovered like years ago, uh, I think it was some, somewhere around Lucha Underground that Chavo had me blocked on Twitter. I was confused as to why, because the only time I'd ever, uh, I'd only ever met him once. And it was at like, it was at one of our Kevin Nash parties and he like, Looked me in the eye, and we shook hands, and had just a nice hi. How you doing? And move on. Maybe he didn't know it was me, but I remember uh, Marty Elias, a mutual friend of ours, former WWE ref and former Lucha Underground ref. You know, Marty and I have kept in touch a lot. And you know, if if, if I can, I'll help Marty. You know, get get the word out on things he's going on. And there was one time it was something I think it was involving like Chavo, like you know how he was training the Glow actresses. And I and I said I was like uh, Marty, I'm like I'll, I'll promote. I said, but I can't even tag Chavo on, on social media on my promotion because he has me blocked. And I was like, I don't know why, uh, you know. And I guess he went to Chavo and came back, you know, like days later. Like, yeah, hey, apparently it's something you said. I guess it was back in the early days of CSR on the first website that we were on. Yeah. Uh, and I, I must have said something that offended him about him. I don't, I don't remember what it is. I'm not saying he's lying, but I couldn't pinpoint what it is. And yeah. from that point on, I haven't, haven't been able to make amends with Chavo because I can't. Uh, that happens. Maybe, maybe that's why our truth has me blocked on Twitter. Maybe one day I, maybe one day I was critical of a match of his. I'm, I, lar- I really like our truth. I'm going to keep saying it on the show. I want him to unblock me. Uh, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, Chavo, we had a momentary... I had momentary heat with Chavo as well. 
But then when we started like doing interviews, when I became like a journalist, we had really good chemistry and we became pretty good friends. So, um, you know, good interview today. But yeah, at one point he told me to F off and leave the locker room. Isn't that funny? Isn't that how funny wrestling goes? Well, side of my best. We'll do. Um, all right. Uh, so there's our there's our witty banter for the top about uh, Chavo Guerrero. Of course, Rich Bikini. Chit chat. Talky talk. <laughs> the talky talk. We're going to do a little talky talk at the end of the show, too, um, because we're going to come back after all the news, after the interviews. And uh, as we always do before the pay-per-views, Justin, so we're going to give our quick previews and predictions for this uh, Sunday's Fastlane card. And with that, it is time for news you can use. News. That'll leave a bruise, and uh, we will start off with the breaking news. No less than an hour ago, it was confirmed by WWE what Justin Labar reported on Twitter on February 3rd. WrestleMania 36 is going to be held at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's going to be on April 5th, 2020. Um, here's a couple highlights from the uh, press conference this morning. Hulk Hogan kicked it off. You know, Joe, I'm, I'll stop here real quick. Um, I thought what was, what was interesting about Hulk Hogan here, Justin, is he like got brought up like in everyone's speech, right? He was, it, it kind of felt like if they're going to have a Joey Janela spring break, WWE's countering with Hulk Hogan's WrestleMania. That's how it felt a little bit to me. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're, they're back to being willing to use him again as an ambassador, I mean, in Tampa is like his, I mean, that, that, that's where he's made his home for the last 30 years. I mean, mm -hmm. you, know, you don't, you don't live or hang out in Tampa and not, you know, hear stories of where Hulk Hogan hangs out or running into Hulk Hogan or of course his beach shop. So uh, I, I suppose it's it's kind of fitting, right? I mean, I guess wouldn't it be weird if it was opposite? Wouldn't it be weird if they were still blacklisting Hulk Hogan and they were doing you know, Mania again in Tampa? You know? Yeah, yeah, it would be. I guess it's you know I'm looking at the list here of people. You know who didn't break up Hulk Hogan? Now they think about it, Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stephanie hyped uh, after Hulk. Stephanie came out. She hyped the event as being fun for the whole family. Titus O'Neil. Uh, was brought out to hype the community awareness, noting that they had already made a trip to a local Tampa uh, Boys and Girls Club. Uh, Triple H hyped NXT and TakeOver. He was like, oh, the Performance Center used to be here. We thank you for that. We've set up permanent <laughs> shop in Orlando. <laughs> well, to be fair, if, if there was going to be a WWE talent who was going to, like, uh, uh, you know, run against an election against another wrestler, against Hulk Hogan, for who gets to be mayor of Tampa, you know, Titus would be up there because Titus is, while he might not be the most famous wrestler who lives in Tampa, because I think Cena lives there. Right. Um, Titus is like the most active probably in the community. So Ugh, what a dynamic Titus O'Neill and Hulk Hogan. I smell mania match. Am I right? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns closed out the event, putting it over in general. Um, very good. He was the only one that got a reaction. Did you notice how everybody in that room did not seem to know what was going on? It was like a quiet reaction the whole time. Well, but it's all like, it's all, you know, most of it's just, it's just the normal media. It's not even the wrestling media. It's just the local TV, and local newspaper. So it's not like they're, you know, going to be like cheering, you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of politicians, including Mayor Bob Buckhorn. Uh, one of the po I didn't write down all the politicians' names because they all kind of just, you know, said their thing. But there was the one guy who was up there, and he was like, "Backstage, they gave me a WWE title belt, and I'm going to put it on, and I'm going to wear it out of the building home." And like Triple H came out and was like. I don't think your wife will like that. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's gonna go well for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it was a very interesting press conference. Um, we will see. Yeah, the Hulk Hogan thing. I mean, that was the biggest takeaway for me here. Is this guy is you know he's back. You know, and uh, we'll see what the reaction here is. I mean, 
you know, what if Titus wins the Andre Battle Royal next year in Tampa, and then like Hogan comes out and they like re- try to like recreate WrestleMania three? Sure, sure. I mean, that'd be cool. I, but a dude, mayor of Tampa, Titus Hogan, straight up. I'm not far more interested in that, you know, personally. But uh, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see where they go with this. Um, I think Hulk will Hulk will probably do like the New Day thing of just hosting the event in general, kind of like what he did. Well, he didn't really do that at Crown Jewel. He just appeared and then left. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Yeah. Um, but, but of course, but of course, in the next twelve months, he will, he will angle and work for a match in every media outlet. You know, he'll say, "Brother," yeah, as he does interviews with every every Tampa TV station today. You know, it's you know when they say, "Hulk, are you going to get back in the ring?" You're looking good, brother. You never know. I'm ready to get back in there. You know, he'll, he'll, he's going to angle some match. I feel like they're I feel like they're playing with fire. I've, I mean, I got to say, I think they're playing with fire a little bit here. I mean, it is you know Hogan is a character that uh, can can draw the ire of a certain portion of wrestling fans. So I I don't know. We'll see how this one plays out. It's definitely a bit of a, they could not they could not have portrayed Hulk Hogan in any more of an endearing way in this press conference, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move away from WrestleMania talk here. Jim Ross uh, made waves on his Ross Report podcast, noting that he is going to be parting ways officially with WWE when his Legends contract is up on March 29th. Uh, he confirmed this on his podcast. He said that he and Vince met, and they agreed it was mutually uh, good for both parties at this time to move on. Um, this is a big one. I, th- I thought this was interesting. I, mu- I was going to probably put this before the Mania stuff, but the Mania stuff just broke. Um, Jim leaving WWE fully and becoming a free agent, you know, probably moving over to AEW. I can't understate how big of a move that could be if Jim Ross g- gives 100% here um, to really getting AEW to the next level. Yeah, I mean, obviously he waited until he officially met with Vince. Uh, until he wanted to publicly say anything. I mean, I think everybody's, I think it's been like one of the worst kept secrets in the last couple of months that he was going to be leaving. Uh, AEW does seem like that's where he's going to land. I think he knows it. I think he knows there's a deal waiting for him as soon as his WWE contract expires. Uh, hence his comment of, you know, he's not going to, he doesn't think he'll be out of work for long. I'm sure he'll probably be calling double or nothing would be the, the assumption. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, this is a big grab for AEW because Jim Ross, while he is in his late 60s, uh, while he has not been the, face or voice of WWE programming, weekly programming for uh, you know over five, six years at least. I'm I'm probably I'm probably downplaying that. Um, you know, he's still a name that is just so you know his sound bites are so recognizable. There's still how many times are there mashups of crazy things that happen in the world and pop culture or sports and the people we use JR's famous commentary they they dub it underneath. I mean he he's 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 a big deal. So uh, it's a good coup for for AEW that's where he goes to uh, again, just try to you know be, appear as credible as possible, and then when you and then when you see Jim Ross, you hear his voice, and you go, "Oh wow, this 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 is not some Mickey Mouse operation. They they've gotten one of the most famous voices uh, and names ever uh, with a microphone yeah. in, in, in pro wrestling." So big yeah, deal, well, and, and uh, you know, good for Jr. And you're right, you're right about everything you said about commentary and, and just the the value of the Jim Ross brand to the company. But you know, Jim Ross is notoriously uh, a, a great backstage guy, right? I mean, head of talent relations for WWE for a long time. You know, whether the WCW, WWE talent negotiations was infamously a part of many of those negotiations, prying guys, not prying guys way, because, of course, he would never talk to anybody under contract. Um, but, you know, leveraging that kind of stuff, TV deals, everything, these big ideas that these AEW guys have right now, big arenas, um, all of it, uh, even, you know, he had a big hand in fight, you know, social uh, streaming, you know, just the value of Jim Ross on the back, you know, back end being able to fully 
uh, you know, come April 1st, sit down at the table with these guys and say, what are you looking to do and where are you at with your objectives? I think it's a giant coup for AEW. Yeah, it's a big deal. And so, you know, uh, assuming that's where he goes. And again, that there's a lot of potential that comes out of it in terms of, you know, is he just a... Uh, is he just in an announcer capacity, or like you said, can he? Um, I think he's gonna be a big part of the back end. Would be my guess. right. Yeah, right. Can he, can he can he officially or unofficially be you know their 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 whatever version of the talent relations they want to have? Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be. I think I think it'll be a mixture of that and commentary. You know, um, I think they're gonna let him work. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, of course, WWE gave Jim, you know, brought Jim back into the the home right after the the loss of his his wife Jan. Uh, I think it was three years ago, and you know it does seem by all accounts that it was very good for him. You know they let him keep working New Japan, pro wrestling, and all that. And I think it's great to hear that this is they're leaving on amicable, amicable terms here. But I think that unlike the past couple of years where Jim has been, you know, partially grieving and you know off the air, I think we're going to see him up front and center here with AEW making some big moves. That's just my guess. So just uh, as long as there's no AEW shows uh, on uh, Oklahoma Saturdays. Mm, yeah, I guess that would be mm-hmm, that'd probably be the sticking point for him. Uh, that is a sticking point. I know. <laughs> That's something he has in his negotiation of appearances is to make sure that Oklahoma doesn't have a home game. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, Ronda Rousey is uh, not advertised for any WWE events following the post-Mania Raw. So that would seem to indicate that, that Ronda is going to be taking a break here. Now, we also have an update here about the triple threat match. Uh, the Observer was saying that one of the reasons, not the main reason it doesn't seem here, the WWE decided to go with the triple threat match for the uh, Raw Women's Championship at Mania is uh, these days talent get injured more often and the added risk has made long-term booking angles hard. So this was kind of a cop-out if they needed to do a one-on-one, they could pick one of these two. I don't I don't know how much I buy this story, Justin. It just seems too convoluted of a reason to not book something. when I mean, You should just book it and see how it goes, you know? I mean, obviously, WWE has been plagued at a higher rate than previous years, especially if you look from like October and you know through the remainder of 2018 with um, with Reigns leaving, you know, with with you know even Becky getting her nose broken, you know, Triple H with the with the with the torn pack, and you know did that, you know, there was talk of maybe there's still another match with him and Sean and Taker and all them. Like they had a lot of, of injuries, yeah, a higher amount than I think the moon past years. But yeah, I, I, a hard time believing this because by that logic, every Mania main event would become would be made into a triple threat. Just so that way you have yeah. a main event protect. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I mean, you know, so that, that that's that's kind of a weird. And, and I get. I mean, I understand. Like, okay, if this is the first time the women are going to main event mania, like you definitely don't want to like you don't want to make the investment of touting that, and then all of a sudden them get injured. But again, like that's that that that, that to me tells me that every mania main event you'd have to then orchestrate a triple threat and have that just doesn't really. I I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what source they dug up this reason. Yeah. Was yeah. This was just something that I guess Dave noted on the on the radio show. Uh, but you know, at the same time, what does it say when you're like admitting to the fact that the the style of wrestling we're doing right now allows itself for people to get injured more often? You know, <laughs> like it's it's well, just a weird concession is it, is, to me. Is it, is it an admission of the style, or is it also just an admission of how hard they're working these True. guys and girls? Yeah. Just day to day. 
Yeah. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I think it's schedule plus style, you know? And I mean, how do you compensate for that? I mean, it does seem like you're on kind of a slippery slope if the graph is going up as far as injuries uh, goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, WWE confirmed that Tommaso Ciampa is going to be getting an anterior cervical fusion surgery. Now, based on WWE's report, the usual uh, recovery time for this injury is three to six months. Uh, but they'll have a better idea of recovery uh, once surgery is completed. So this was an update on something we talked about yesterday, Justin. But, you know, yesterday we were talking like potentially 14 months. It seems like he uh, he could be back uh, quicker than that, which is optimistic news, obviously. For sure. I mean, yeah, the you know, as we talked about yesterday, I think I said he's going to uh, be turning 34 in May. So, I mean, the possibility that the surgery goes well, that he could be back in theory by you know, SummerSlam time. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's you know, that's encouraging. Um, so, yeah, yeah so yeah, obviously we'll... Um, so did you say? Do we know what day he's having? Is it? Is it? It's, it's, it's imminent, right? It's happening soon. It's like the Meltzer report said yesterday that it was going to be any day now, right? Um, now, but I know that they've got the NXT uh, TV tapings next Wednesday um, down in Orlando, and what I'm wondering is, you know, if he got the surgery before that, I don't know that he could appear and like vacate the title, uh, or if they're just going to have an announcement that he's undergone surgery and he's vacating the title. That's the only thing that makes me hesitant to say it could be sooner because if they want him to, to appear and physically drop the title, I would think he's not going to have surgery in a couple of days. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, so after SmackDown this past week, uh, this isn't really a source, but there was a lot of speculation that came to the uh, the surface here and a lot of data points, I guess you can point, uh, point to here. Uh, following Samoa Joe's win on SmackDown, a lot of people are thinking that Joe is going to face John Cena for this U.S. title at WrestleMania. Uh, our truth was, of course, like channeling his inner Cena, you know, and, and doing the open open challenge. And then in a post match promo, Joe went off about how he was going to be nothing like John Cena. No hustle, loyalty, respect. No, no, no. Um, kind of an interesting curveball here, you know, with the anticipation that Cena could answer the our truth thing. Here we have Joe inserting himself saying, I want a real kind of heated feud here with Cena. I, I, I don't I don't dislike it, you know. Yeah, I'll. I guess I have a better idea after we see next Tuesday. You know, was he just mentioning Cena because he had just beat our truth, <clears throat> or if we if we get more Cena references next Tuesday, I think that might be the that obviously will be a lot more of a uh, telling sign that that's where they're going. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Cena certainly resolved back in the in the state recently in Mania where he's he's not around as much to build. Um, you can question how much you even need to build if you just say that John Cena's going to be there. You don't need to necessarily to have week to week to week conflict and, and hype. Um, you know, I, I guess I debate here, you know, I'm, I'm very much of the belief of, you know, like seeing a taker last year, even though it was a squash match, basically, um, it was cool to finally see, just see them, you know, uh, face to face, uh, on, on that stage. But I'm kind of at the point now with Cena where it's like, if it, he's, he's such, he's such equity, he, he's like a trust fund. And so I'd rather, I'd rather give that rub of trust fund, um, to people, I guess, just have a longer future ahead of them. And I'm not trying to be ageist here. Um, you know, but I mean, Samoa Joe's not, a, it's not like he's a young cat who's brand new to the business who, 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 they're, who, who they're, the company's going to be building around. So, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I can see the novelty of, okay, first time ever Samoa Joe, John Cena. Sure. And I wouldn't hate it. And I'd be interested to see what kind of match they put together. But at the same time, if Cena's bumps are, are, are you know, if we're budgeting his bumps correctly and budgeting his time correctly, I don't know if I want to if I want to utilize it on somebody like Samoa Joe, simply just based upon where he's at in his career. Well, and, and that's a fair point, I guess. Um, but, you know, for me, this is the kind of match Joe is needed 
You know, like he's been floating for a little bit here. You know, he's finally got a title. He seems like he's in control. He needs the right opponent that can push him and, you know, help him put on like a, you know, a real classic. And, and you know, WrestleMania is the stage where you, you have those kinds of matches. Cena is the kind of guy you get to have those matches with. I know that you say that, you know, he's a little bit older here. We don't know how much longer Joe could have, but I, I don't think that five, I, I think five years with Joe is, is reasonable. And if, what are you going to have him do? Float for five years? Yeah, I, at least a no, match. At fair, least a, at least a match fair. like this, it, you know, freshens him. You know, give him some credit. Fair. No, I'll give you that. If he if he has a match at Mania with a John Cena and he beats John Cena, if Cena puts him over, then yeah, then that then then yeah, that that's a fair point. That then you know that that elevates Joe's status, which is needed. It elevates his title run, and maybe it, it elevates his credibility ultimately to if they try to take another stab at him uh, and, and chasing the world title. So yeah, I'm I'm not dismissing it completely. I just I'm always of the belief of like. All right, you know, when you have a guy, when you have a taker, when you have a scene, when you have guys that are just have such, I mean, just, 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 you know, out of this world credibility in, in the in the industry, you know, utilizing, you know, picking their opponents as best as possible to, to help the, the longer term of the company. But you're right. If 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 if, if, if Joe, if they're committed to using Joe over the next year or two, then. And, and, and Cena puts him over, then sure. Man, just Joe locks in that coquina clutch, and Cena never taps. He just fades away, you know? And Joe just destroys him right there at Mania. I would love it. And the other side of the coin here is, let's not forget, you know, there was a wave of unrest that seems to have been stymied a bit here with some of the recent releases and soon-to-be releases. I've heard less about talent requesting releases, but Samoa Joe... <laughs> You know, he's got a lot of friends over on the other side as well, and they certainly know how to use a Samoa Joe. And it, I don't think it's a coincidence this guy has a title for the first time. I don't think it would be a surprise that they're incentivizing him a bit with a match with Cena here as well to keep Samoa Joe happy, who maybe feels a little lost in the mix. Maybe. I mean, we don't know Joe's contract situation, or at least I don't. But no. uh, how interesting would it be? What, 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 a, what, a cool little, um, what a cool little note in history if this year's WrestleMania sees... Samoa Joe versus uh, John Cena, and also on the card, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. The two WWE staples uh, mm. for many years that carried the WWE in the last 10, 15 years up against two of the most notorious guys who took a while to get them to WWE and obviously were two faces of TNA. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an interesting parallel in, its, in, in and of itself if that's, what, if that's what we ultimately get. And Christopher Daniels is in a cigar bar drinking an apple teeny right now laughing at it all. Getting ready for his match with OWE. Uh, of course, he was the third man in those infamous X Division matches with Joe and AJ Styles. Uh, yeah, I, I, a very interesting dynamic. I really like what they're doing with Randy Orton and AJ Styles by the <laughs> way as well. It's subtle and, and it's also like believable because it's like Randy Orton's a dick. <laughs> like, I and, and and take it a step further. Have those two matches go on, and then think about the amount of TNA age, T, former TNA talent that would be agent being the agent for those matches. And then, you know, like, <laughs> it's then crazy. You, you have Joe and AJ. They both win, and, jo, and AJ runs out, and they raise their hands together, and the Dixie runs out, and she tries to raise them, and they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, wait, what? No, no, leave. No, but but seriously, think about you know, between Sanjay Dutt and 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 and, and, and Abyss and Jeff Jarrett. I mean, that, 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 it's just a wild little. I don't know if it's something that WWE publicized in terms of like the dynamic of Orton versus AJ, uh, Cena versus Joe, but just internally for all of us to look at, that's kind of cool. You know, I think Impact Wrestling being brought back to sci-fi. You know, Abyss could beat up a zombie <laughs> on the first episode with Janice. I'm, I, you know what? You're what? right. They're they're circling if, the wagons. 
what if what if WWE did what they did with ECW where they did where they did the BS reboot and they tried to do a reboot of, of some TNA. I don't know they somehow they, they do TNA because Impact Wrestling did thing but they could bring back why not sure here's TNA they call they call Billy Corbin and Dave Lagana and they bring back NWA TNA yeah oh yeah. Billy'd be so. I, I, you know, Billy's Billy seems to be doing fine right now. I think he's touring with No Gallagher at the moment, so he'd probably be like, "Sure, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Who cares? Whatever." Um. <laughs> all right. Uh. We'll shift off uh, Smojo here. Uh, let's get to uh, Phoenix uh, Wrestling Inc. So this is an interview I did yesterday. Uh, we aired on the show. Actually, turned out to be one of the uh, the bigger news. We ran some quotes from it after the, the podcast yesterday, and it was like one of our biggest stories of the day. So I thought I'd reference it here because we didn't really talk a whole bunch about it on the show yesterday, but. Uh, during the interview, Phoenix called WWE contracts nuts, um, but he did leave the door open that the Lucha Brothers could still wind up there. I mean, these guys are floating between MLW, Impact, and AEW at the moment, not including all their other independent work and, and work down in Mexico. They haven't been pinned down. I don't know what it would take to get these guys pinned down, but the idea of Lucha Brothers in the WWE, does that entice you? Do you think they'd be used correctly? The idea of them in NXT entices me in that in that in that rabid setting in that intimate setting uh, for TV. Um, yeah, them on Raw or SmackDown doesn't just because I just I just feel like Raw or SmackDown is just there's just so it's just so big and so wide it's just so easy to get lost. But them being managed uh, in the lane of NXT that entices me. Yeah, I, I just just wanted to note it there. If you didn't listen, go back and listen to that one yesterday. I interviewed him uh, live in person right before MLW's Intimidation Games. Uh, very interesting stuff in there. Uh, go, go check that one out. But I wanted to note it here because I know it, it did get a lot of interest that uh, maybe the Lucha Brothers, worth, you know. And, it, and it's worth, and I saw a lot of good feedback about that interview, didn't Nick? And I know you were proud of it. And, and it's worth noting uh, of those of those other brothers of Pentagon and Phoenix, like they're both, they're both young guys. Like they're not. Again, not to try to sound ages here, or ages everything, but they're both young guys who have accomplished a lot and have a lot of notoriety and have seemingly their best years ahead of them. So it's a it's an exciting thing to watch them because they are certainly probably the two of the biggest commodities not in WWE. Yeah, and uh, they came up with uh, Daga down in Mexico, and uh, I don't know if we're going to release it next week. I think I might, but I will say I I wound up uh, happenstancely getting an interview with Daga yesterday, and he started training with the Lucha Brothers when they were like thirteen. And yeah. uh, like listening to him talk about, you know, coming up with them, you know, as a group making the decision to kind of make the leap to North America because there was that the the vibe for more Lucha culture. I mean, these are these I just really like these interviews because I feel like I'm learning so much getting to pick these guys brains about why they're doing it now, why it's working now, you know, and where do you ultimately see yourself? I, I think WWE is very enticing. But WWE buys them, packages them, cleans them up, puts them on the shelf, and they're not ever quite the same as the rawness that you get elsewhere. If that makes sense, you know. I I know. Fe- obviously, Phoenix did that interview with you. He speaks English. Does Does Pentagon? I, I, the only interview I've ever seen Pentagon is always is always a translator. Does, does Pentagon has he ever done an English interview, or does he do English interviews? I did an interview with him and Phoenix. It wasn't an interview. The Impact did a press conference like three or four months ago where it was Ray, Pinta, and Taya with Ross, and they were all, like, I hate to say drunk in a, in a hotel, but it sounded like they were having fun in a hotel and doing the interview and laughing a whole bunch. And uh, I think Phoenix was translating for Pinta. I don't think Pinta took any questions directly. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, there you go. Very interesting. Check it out. Lots of good interviews here, as always. Uh, but that one yesterday, I know, uh, particularly, uh, you know, piques some people's interest. 
Uh, last, uh, we got uh, one more uh, WWE note here that made a lot of noise yesterday on the site. Uh, according to new SEC filings, uh, we have the salaries of the top five executives in WWE. So I'm going to run through some numbers here, uh, and let's uh, let's just get to it. Vince McMahon, chairman and CEO, $1.4 million in 2019, same as he did the last two years. George Barrios, co-president, $935,250 in 2019, up uh, about sixty grand from 2018 uh, and a little more from 2017. Michelle Wilson, co-president, same amount, 935250 Same thing, up from the past two years. Triple H, EVP, talent, live events, and creative, 710000 in 2019, uh, up from the last two years. Does not include uh, what he made with his performer pay, which would be... $5,031,459, up uh, a little less than $2 million from the year before. Uh, Kevin Dunn, the executive producer, uh, chief of global TV production, nine hundred and fifty grand, a little more than the co-presidents make, uh, up from the uh, previous two years. And uh, the overall amount, uh, let's see here, these are just the base salaries. They don't include stock options, pay, all of that. So the adjusted amount on top of base, Vince made $5 million. Five point six million. George Barrios made nine million. Uh, uh, Michelle Wilson another nine million. Like we said, Triple H five. Kevin Dunn uh, two point three. Um, Triple H uh, as a performer was paid a little over three million. And um, that's some, those are some big numbers. That's what I'm saying is there's some really big numbers, Justin. Just a lot of big numbers there. Um, and when we put it all in context, yesterday we were talking about how Vince McMahon is on Forbes wealthiest people list. Uh, he is ranking in at 691 with 3.1 billion overall. To compare, um, Shahid Khan, the father of Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, he's ranked at number 224. He's worth 7.2 billion dollars, so he is worth double, uh, more than double what Vince is worth. So take that into consideration here. Um, but Vince's former nemesis, Ted Turner, he ranked in at 1,057 with a net total of 2.2 billion. In the end, Justin, Vince McMahon not only bought WCW, but he became more wealthy than Ted Turner. I think that's I think that's the a good place to to wrap up that bit of numbers. Isn't that wild? Not talking about rich. <laughs> rich is some stuff you can lose in a summer with a drug habit. I'm talking about wealthy. I'm talking about the people that own the color blue. Wealthy. That is very. That is a lot of money. Vince McMahon more wealthy than Ted Turner now. What a time! What a time! What a time for pro wrestling. Um, you got to think that. You got to think that was on Vince's bucket list before he died. Well, actually, he thinks he's never going to die. But no. you have to think that was on his list. He had to top Ted Turner somewhere. I do. I think Vince is going to get into some cyborg stuff here in the next couple years. You know, like one of his eyes is just going to be robotic one day, and everyone's going to be like, "What? What's going on with Vince?" <laughs> he's like. Oh. He'll, he'll- He'll be like 110 years old. He'll be like Stephen Hawking when he's alive. He'll be rolling around in, in a wheelchair, but he'll still be communicating without you know having to move. A, it'll be crazy. That'll be Vince will, Vince will be in the booking meetings at 110. I don't think he'd go the wheelchair route. I think he'd just chop his legs off and put robot legs on. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, you have magic legs. Yes, yes. Exactly. Thank you, Forrest. Wonderful. Uh, there was a press conference earlier this morning uh, where Jush and Thunder Liger announced that he is going to be retiring from pro wrestling at the Tokyo Dome January of next year. Uh, I'm, I believe it would be at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom event. They're the, ver- the same as uh, you know New Japan's version of dub- uh, WrestleMania. Um, it also says here in the presser that uh, Jush and Thunder Liger has the desire to wrestle at the New Japan ROH G1 Supercard 
at MSG. So uh, the end of one of the over over five decades this man has competed. Um, what a legacy. Jushin Thunder Liger hanging it up at, at New Japan's biggest show of the year next year. Uh, seems appropriate. Take that, Gypsy Jill. Um, that's amazing. Over, over five decades. That's crazy. That's wild. Good for him. Good, yeah, no kidding. And I'm, I'm stoked that he's going to play the Garden. I mean, that's, you know, that, that G1 Supercard, it's sold out like that. And then I feel like nobody really knows what's going on with it right now. I'm glad to hear some some buzz about what we're actually going to see on this, this G1 Supercard. Because outside of the fact that uh, uh, the Jay White is going to defend against the winner of the, the New Japan Cup, I don't really know what else is going on, you know? Oh, they don't need to tell you what's going on. It's sold out. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, and uh, lastly here, Women of Wrestling had a press conference yesterday. Did you get to watch the Women of Wrestling press conference yesterday, Justin? No, I did not. Okay. The press conference itself is, a lot, I mean, look, it was their announcement that they're renewed for season two. It is a little fluffy. It's a bit of an infomercial. Uh, still fun. But the opening part of it, they did this um, just package, this video package, promoting uh, the the women of wrestling brand, and it was effing amazing. It was like one of the best wrestling packages I've seen in a very long time. You should at least go out of your way to watch the first two minutes of that press conference online. All of you, this is really good. It's a very entertaining pre- uh, vignette. Anyway, as part of the announcement for season two, they also have announced that they are going to be filming twenty four episodes this May in LA, and those episodes are going to air this fall of twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. On Access TV, um, I th- you know we have uh, our own Joey G on the site. He does uh, the Wow uh, coverage every week. You know he he I I think it's very bright. You know he likes it a lot. The biggest thing for me is that these episodes were filmed like a year ago, and we're just seeing them. So a lot of the references are kind of dated. It doesn't feel fresh. I think that you know they're not doing eight episodes. They're doing twenty four episodes this time, and they're going to air them not long after they're filmed. I'm I'm cautiously more optimistic that this brand can find some footing here in, in 2019. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you can uh, narrow the gap, like I said, of production time to release time, that, that usually helps, especially with something like pro wrestling, where it's everything, you know, things change week to week. Shavo Guerrero. Shavo, welcome back to the Winkley. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, I was uh, excited to get you back onto the show because you sent me a text a couple days ago saying uh, that yeah. you would uh, you were reminding me that you had said you were going to win uh, an Emmy before the WWE would. Now you haven't won you haven't won an Emmy to the best of my knowledge, but you just won a Screen Actors Guild Award as part of the outstanding performance by a stunt ensemble in a comedy or drama. For glow, dude, that's awesome, man. So, so your 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 knowledge is not correct because uh, what is the Emmy? Who won the Emmy for stunt coordination last year? This last Emmy season, which was uh, four months ago, five months ago. Uh, glow, by the way, thank you. Okay, so wait, you have an Emmy too? <laughs> Emmy and a SAG award. Oh my god! I didn't know about the Emmy. I knew Glow had won an Emmy. I didn't know that you were given a trophy as part of that as well. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Dude, your trophy crazy. Yeah. Your trophy room is <laughs> unlike, dude. That's unlike any other pro wrestler's trophy room. I mean, I know guys that have Bret Hart infamously has like every belt he's ever won in like a room or something like that. But you've got like a mix yeah. of trophies and belts. Do you have a room for all this stuff? Uh, well, you know, I got my, I got my my uh, television trophies, I guess you want to call them. 
um, in in a cool little cabinet, like. And I, and I don't have every belt I've ever won. There'd be like twenty of them, and you know, if not more, my wife would probably not allow that in the house. So <laughs> I've got a, I've got a few. The ones that actually that I, that really really mean a lot to me, you know, I kind of got a few of those. But it's you know, which I win, you know. You broke that probably feel the same way with those too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You broke up just a, a, for just a second there, um, but you were talking about you know obviously how many how many yeah. belts you've won. Yeah, I just say uh, yeah, I just basically just say you know hey, what, you know if you if you win you know fifteen Emmys you know I'm sure uh, Alicia Keys you know probably feels the same about a Grammy as I do about uh, a wrestling belt now. <laughs> you know she's she's got like you know fifteen Grammys or thirteen Grammys so. She's probably like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm good if I don't really ever hold a belt again. I'm, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> well, so you are obviously very proud of the, the trophies you won in television. I mean, I, you know, as I sit here, and I totally didn't know the Emmy thing, and that's bad on my part. I knew about the SAG Award. I mean, I can't think of any other pro wrestlers that have taken home awards like that. I mean, are you the first to really get over the hump, you think, of overcoming the stigma of, of pro wrestling in Hollywood? Well, not the first. You got Rock, who's the what? highest paid actor in the entire but world. But he's still looked at as like a... Re- I mean, look, Rock's Rock. Don't get me wrong. John Cena's John Cena. But people still say, wrestling guys, they haven't won the Oscar. They haven't won, I mean, they haven't won the awards that you're winning. I guess, man. You know what? I, I don't look at it that way. I just... I look at it. It's cool that, that it's great for wrestling to be able to be, uh, you know, recognized, you know, as... First of all, as a wrestler, first and foremost, I'm always a wrestler. That's that's just what I, you know, I'm a third generation pro wrestler, and that's always my background. So anything I do in TV now, or film, is is what I learned really from, uh, you know, Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn and all those guys, and kind of taking it to, you know, making it work for me in television and stuff like that. But you know, really. Uh, you know, it's great to just just to be able to represent wrestling in the television world, you know, because as you know, wrestling is not always looked that great. It, you know, they just don't understand it all the time in Hollywood. But now they're starting to get it, and they see guys like Cena, guys like like Batista, um, 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 Hulk. You know, is also was a, a, a founding father of it. You know, um, yeah. you got The Rock, and those guys are. Um, Hollywood's looking at them going, I'm looking at all of us basically going, wow, these, these guys aren't just this Monty Python flying circus thing. These guys are actually talented guys and box office guys and, and behind the camera guys, you know? So it's really cool to be able to even be, I guess, mention the same, maybe the same paragraph as those guys, but it's, it's really, it's cool for wrestling, man, to be honest. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm glad you brought the Monty Python reference. I literally watched fly, uh, Monty Python Holy Grail, Quest for Holy Grail, like two nights ago. My girl with my girlfriend. I love it. I oh. love it. I love it. It's it's awesome. Oh, silly walks. Well, not silly walks and uh, Holy Grail, of course. But anyway, um, you, you know, I've talked with you on and off over the years, different interviews, and this is the most optimistic I've ever heard you talk about uh, how Hollywood is looking at pro wrestlers. I mean, do you do you feel that turn? Is this one of those things right now? where Hollywood is saying, you know what, wait, maybe we've gotten this wrong. We're going to start put, picking more guys off the shelf. Because CM Punk, I mean, CM Punk's got a, a horror movie that's debuting at South by Southwest this weekend, you know? That's cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm super happy for him. It's great. He's a talented guy also. And uh, it's just the things that, that 
the wrestlers are actually capable, you know, most of them, it's, it's, the Hollywood would love that work ethic that the wrestlers get. I was just talking to my uh, SAG rec- representative the other day. His name is um, um, Perez, P. Perez. And he's, he was, he's the GLOW representative. Well, he's a wrestling fan. I'm sorry, Pat Perez. He's a, he's a wrestling fan. He came to set and was like, hey, man, I just wanted to meet you. And all the other, the, the other stunt girls were like, wow, uh, we've been doing stunts for 15 years. And the SAG representative doesn't come to set and you know what do you guys need can i get you guys anything nothing they're like that doesn't happen they're like who who are you <laughs> and i start <laughs> laughing and i go man it's just wrestling you know once you get it you know but what's happening is that um you know for me talking to to my cyber representative it's um from what we were so used to doing you know and being on the road and and that work ethic that we that we put out to to all these wrestling organizations. Now I get into a, a business that's in a, a, a union and I got people looking out for me and saying, Hey, wait a minute. Okay. You have to break at this time for lunch. You have this long, this long of a time for lunch. You turn around because you ended last night at 10 o'clock. You, you, you have, you know, this, you know, between eight and 12. I work a job you are to, uh, before you can start again the next day. And it's like, it's like, Oh, wow. This, this is, this is easy <laughs> compared to what we're used to. This is really easy. You know, it's funny because I hear from actors all the time. Oh, you'd never, you don't believe how grueling it is to be on set all day. You're waiting around to finally get it. I love your optimism on it, you know, and maybe that's why Hollywood is turning the corner here. Actors are too whiny. Wrestlers are less whiny. You think that's fair? Well, well I'll, I'll tell you what. It's, it's, it's two apples and oranges because it is a day on set. Like yesterday, we were. It was such a long day, and sometimes they're just longer than others. You know, a fifteen day sometimes can feel like it's ten, and sometimes can feel like it's twenty five. It just depends on what's going on that day. But you know, doing like like I say in a wrestling scene, sometimes sometimes it's easier for me to do a twenty five minute match, you know, at, at a WrestleMania, than to do a wrestling scene in a film or a TV show because. I'm doing that same scene for six hours straight, you know, and then I got a break for lunch and then come back and just do it again because you're getting different camera angles and you're getting close-ups and you're getting on handhelds and all these different things that sometimes it's, it's a lot, it's harder. And I tell that my, like my actresses from the show glow that I'm doing right now that really I go, what you're doing sometimes is sometimes it's harder. I'm not saying physically harder. I'm just saying, it's, you know, you're doing it for six hours. I've never had a wrestle six hour match, you know, very, and uh, yeah, it's, tough. it's tough. It's, t- it's physically demanding for sure, man. Yeah. It's not physically and mentally demanding, right. To stay focused like that for six hours, you know? Was... Yeah. And you got to make every, every time you got to make every pass, try to match the same thing you're doing, you know, and, um, and keep your intensity up because of the cutting or splicing from, you know, from one edit to the next edit from one, camera angle to the next camera angle and if they don't match well then you they've lost that shot you know so it's it's, it's tough sometimes now you were telling me just before we got on the air you you just wrapped filming the the third season of glow did i get that right you did you did so uh everybody on set they i mean um they they wrap on monday but because the rest of the things are now done um i wrapped yesterday you know so it was a really cool What's cool when you rap on set, especially sometimes when it's just you individually, 
you know, they'll, they'll, um, at the end of the day, before every, everybody's gone, everybody's still there in the studio inside the, uh, the soundstage. And they'll say, we got to write, you know, a series wrap on Chavo Guerrero and everybody will come and give you hugs and all my actresses. It was really cool. Oh man. I went, that's nice. That's so nice. That's got to make you feel good. You know, everybody come up and say nice things like that. Are, you know, you know, cause the third season's done. Are we going to see more of you in this season? Does your character get expanded a bit? I could, I got the vibe at the end of season two, we might see more of you in season three. Well, I can't give away that. I can divulge that information at this moment. <laughs> okay. It's one of those things. Yeah, I just, it's still. And, you know, to be honest, what makes the cutting room floor, you, you, you just don't know. You know, sometimes you're in it and sometimes you're not in it. You know, you, hey, I got this great scene. And then you, you go watch the film and all of a sudden you're like, well, um, <laughs> you were there for two seconds, you know. Oh, okay. So, to be honest, I, I it's, uh, it's to be determined what really happens. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I got two questions then about this, this past season. Uh, without giving the, the anything away, because I know you're under contracts and things like that, do you want to temper expectations about what fans can expect from the third season? I mean, what was your? how do you feel about it? Well, you know, it's, you always want to top the season before, you know, and that's, that's you know, in anything, you always want to try to top what you did before. And but sometimes you're... Like, let's take um, the show Breaking Bad, for instance. Like, you know, there were some episodes that were really, man, like, just, you know, man, all these things were happening. People were getting killed and stuff. And there's some episodes where a lot wasn't going on except for storylines, you know? And that those were building to, you know, like a crescendo of, of a crescendo of, of another um, episode, maybe two or three or four away. You know, they're setting up that storyline. So you can't have that, always have that uh, um, big, huge payoff every single episode and whatever. So, um, you know, this season is one of those seasons where you got those ups and you got your downs and you got your crazy episodes of things happen and crazy things where it's story building, you know, storytelling. So um, kind of that's what's going to be expected. Okay. Uh, and my other question about Glow is, um, how different was it for you working with the cast for this third season as opposed to, like, the first season? Because at this point, like, Alice and Brie and Betty Gilpin, I mean, I imagine, you know, they've got some chops, right? I mean, are they walking in wanting to do more? I mean, how, how different is it now? Uh, you know what? This is kind of what kind of what I saw was, the first season, you know, they were, they were a little apprehensive going, okay, uh, I don't know if we can do this, you know. <laughs> and then after we kind of we taught them and showed them and, and they're like, okay, okay, we can do it. Then the second season, they're really, you know, really raring to go. And when it started this season a little bit, it was, they were ready, but they weren't ready. They, they realized like, like, yeah, this, this hurts, <laughs> you know. So um, then all of a sudden, once we started getting into it, what what I saw, especially the training and stuff, what I saw this season is that everybody got so much better. All the girls got so much better as far as, you know, the fundamentals, like their, their roles and their bumps and their moves and their understanding of holds that like, it was cool to see it. Like, like all of a sudden I saw these girls that were the first season, you know, weren't really great at running the ropes and stuff and now all of a sudden like that's their strong point i'm like wow you're like you run the ropes the best out of everybody here you know and the girls would be, the girl would be like 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 wow like I, I couldn't even do it the first season you know i really saw everybody kind of coming to their own this season 
Yeah. And do you have one person you think that is a standout in the cast that's really like grasped wrestling? You know, it's not just one. You know, I've said like the first, uh, the first season we always said um, Kimmy Gatewood, who's um, plays one of the biddies, the uh, the old the faux old lady hairdressers. Uh, we always called her Kimmy one time because she would I'd show her one time and she'd get it no matter what move it was. When I mean, I could show her you know a key lock and going to a half crab, and she she like has a photographic memory, so she would one time she'd see it and she'd get it. It's like wow. But then everybody else starts, they really stepped up this season as far as like in the training for sure. And they all just got, they all do what their, their specialty are. They're so good at, at certain things. You know what I mean? Like one of the girls, their, her favorite things is she says that her front bumps. So anything we kind of did for her, we made really big front bumps. And another, so like another girl would be like, Oh heck no, I'm not trying that. Because it was, it was it's a huge bump. Yeah. You saw it in, in in season two, uh, Kate Nash, uh, who's actually a, a rock star, and you know that's her other real job. Um, we have a scene to where um, um, Brittany Young, who plays Machu Picchu, would pick 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 uh, uh, Kate into a like a vertical suplex and drive straight Joker, you know, on her face, not her face, but you know, like a front bump. And it was, it's a big move. Like, I don't want to take that move. And she's like, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my move. That's my move, no problem. Like, and, like, that's her thing. And, and a couple of them have different things that that's their thing, you know? So it was, it was, it was cool to see them all kind of come into their own with what their specialty is, in a sense. You know, I, you think about you know, We're in this crazy women's revolution right now in, in pro wrestling. I shouldn't say crazy. I should say right. wonderful thing right. we have going on right now. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Uh, the, the women's revolution. And I hear you talk about how you've got these women – you know, and, and to, to, you made them wrestlers, Shabba. Some, not Maybe not wrestlers, but you made them look and feel like wrestlers. I mean, has there been any talks of like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a, a glow WWE tag match or something like that with Allison and Betty or anything like that? Well, I'll tell you what. The girl, my girls on, my girls on glow, uh, the glow actresses, they, they're huge fans of, you know, the women of women wrestling now, whether it be and you know, uh, WWE or TNA or, or Ladies of Honor, because of the fact that, um, was it Women of Honor? I'm not sure. Is it? It's, they said because of fact, because of the fact that they they understand like that, and they respect it. Like, wow, they, these girls are they're so good, they can do so much. So, my girls, as good as they are, they know that they're, hey, we're, we're playing this in, in acting in a scene, and they're like, We'll leave like the real WrestleMania matches. We'll leave that to the actual professionals. <laughs> they don't. I don't see that them wanting to transition into that anytime soon. Oh, I don't know about a transition, but a one-off. I mean, that's a Mania match, right? The cast of Glow versus the Bellas or something like that. We could do something for sure, but you know what? That's uh, that. I don't. We'll, we'll have to see on that one. But that's that's a tough one because I mean, you know, I've been in the ring with a lot of the girls from, uh, you know, the Bellas and all those, you know, Natalia and Beth Phoenix and Mickey James. And those girls, you know, they, <laughs> they kicked my butt. And I'm not kidding. Like, literally, there was this one time where we, I, I was a special guest referee at a women's, um, it must have been like a women's, like a, a battle royal type thing. Okay. And I cheated and I had Beth Phoenix win. And then all the girls had to jump me. I, I, I'm not kidding you. I was kind of fighting for my life for a second. Like I covered up everything and they were hitting the heck out of me. And afterwards I looked at him, I go, 
is, is that how hard you girls hit in the ring all the time? They're like, yeah, we just, we do that all the time. And I'm like, like if the guys were hitting me like that, I'd be, I'd be wanting to fight them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, like, I'm serious. Like these girls, they, they hit hard. There is no pulling. That's, Dude. it's tough. Dude, for real. Did, did you see the beatdown Becky Lynch gave Charlotte and Ronda Rousey um, at the last paper? I think it was at the Rumble. You know what? I didn't see that, but I heard people talking about it, and I think she beat the, beat him up with like a crutch or something like that, and beat the, she bloodied. Yeah, she bloodied uh, Ronda up, and dude, hey, that's 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 they, they don't those girls don't play, man. That's they're, they're for real, and I don't know if sometimes they're like we got to you know show that we're as good as the guys or we're tough or what, but like if the if the, if I was in the ring and guys were hitting me that hard, I'd probably just roll out and like flip them off and just just leave. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in the UFC guys for a reason, you know. <laughs> oh, you should go back and watch it. She beats the piss out of poor Ronda and Charlotte with that crutch. I felt bad for him watching it, but you know, felt that's real. Great. I love that. I love it. I love. It. I, I you know that's really cool to see that like Becky step was stepping up, you know, and really kind of coming into her own. I know she'd been there for a little while, and um, you know Charlotte's doing her thing of course and you got Rhonda and you have somebody else that come out really step up in that and that's 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 cool to see that. I agree. Uh you know speaking of the the women's revolution, there's a movie uh out right now uh that I wanted to ask you about. Have you seen Fighting with My Family yet or no? I have not seen it, but I am going to see it. I do know Paige pretty well and uh I don't know her family but you know I know the story and of course Rock Rock's company produced it, right. um, so I definitely, I definitely want to check that out. I hear it's really good. It's got great reviews, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think Rock's production company's going to put out a dud, you know. So I'm sure it's probably pretty good. Have you seen it yet, dude? I went to a pre-show and took my girlfriend. We had a great time. She liked it. I liked it. You know. Oh, good. Yeah, good. That's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool to see. My sister wants to go see it, and she's like, "Have you heard of it?" I'm like, "Of course I have." And she's like, I want to see it because you know she grew up in the business also, and I go, I go, you you would like it just because you'll you'll relate to it a lot for sure. Yeah, well, and that's why I wanted to bring it up to you because, like, you know, we saw fighting with my family, the page version. I mean, when are we going to see the Guerrero version of this? I feel like you guys are made for a movie as well. Well, we we we're almost still writing our story, to be honest, man. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we could do it in one movie. We'd have to probably do it in a mini series <laughs> just because there's so much that, you know, in a sense the girls have done and, and, you know, keep doing this happened. And it's kind of crazy, man. You know, I mean, it's, it'd be a lot deep. We'd have a lot of editing to do because there's so, there's, there's so much content. Dude, you know, I am, I am so here for like an eight part mini series about the history of the Guerrero family. That sounds amazing. Honestly, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would love that. I, yeah. You know what? I think I would too. You know, we, there's, I'm doing other projects right now. A lot of them in, in LA and Hollywood, not all of them are wrestling stuff, but there's a couple of them that are kind of dealing with that kind of thing. So they're, um, documentary stuff in, in a sense. And then, uh, now kind of working with, and for Netflix, um, kind of regularly, um, there, there's some talk about doing some things. So we'll see if, if, uh, a couple of these projects come about, but uh, I'll let you know if, if okay. they do. <laughs> I know that cause you had a comic book made about you, um, that was written right. by the same guy who wrote daredevil. Correct. Did I get that right? Uh, uh, he wrote, not daredevil. He wrote, um, he created, um, Deadpool. Dead, Deadpool. That's right. Sorry, I'm not a Marvel. Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah. a Marvel guy. I apologize. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he created Deadpool, and uh, maybe on Macienza actually wrote it, and uh, it was it was uh, maybe six comic, comic books, but a really cool story. And it kind of did the story of the whole Guerrero family on how we had we can't got these supernatural powers in a sense. Mm-hmm. Any any movement? <laughs> and it wasn't and it wasn't drinking tequila. <laughs> any any movement on that? Is that going to be the Guerrero movie? Is that how I see you on screen? Uh, you know what? You know that's another thing that um, the last time I talked to Lionforge Comics, that they were thinking of trying to shop that around of either a video game or a possible um, type movie or film or or some type of content on on TV. Um, I don't know kind of what happened to that, mm-hmm. but that's a good thing. I, I, got, I got to revisit that. Yeah, because you have like superpowers and you're fighting like the undead or something. I, I read the first uh-huh. edition. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, well, the reason I brought you on um, and I, is originally I wanted to know if you had any updates on the future of Lucha Underground, but I know you've told me you don't. I mean, what do you? what's your vibe on a season five? Well, my vibe, I'd love to do it. Just, I'd just, just, just get on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody knows right now. Anybody I've talked to, everybody's talking about like how um, – that there's, uh, it's kind of a waiting game in a sense. There's, it's kind of the more billionaires you get involved, the slower it goes sometimes, you know? Um, I would say that I know why they're billionaires now because they don't spend any of their money at all. <laughs> they save that. They have everybody else spend their money, but they don't. But, uh, no, just joking, but good guys. But at the same time, um, man, there's a lot of, um, coals in the fire and a lot of, uh, chiefs i guess involved so sometimes when that happens you know it it's it, things move slowly so i i'm i'm waiting to hear and i hope that when it does come around that i'm available to jump on it because i love i love doing that i love producing that movie that show and um you know being around the wrestlers and actually um you know i'm a, I'm, I'm a wrestler that's what i do you know so to actually do that which kind of like I had a, a big hand in creating, in a sense. I, I love it. It's great, and I'd love for it to come back. It's interesting because I, you're actually like the third Lucha Underground-related person I've talked to in the last 24 hours. Because yesterday I interviewed uh, Sonny Kiss and Jack Swagger. And, okay. Um, you know, I, I read the reports about guys who are wrestlers, not just guys, guys and women, um, who say their contracts are, are like holding them up or whatever. But then I talked to Jack and he's like, no, that's not an issue for me. I talked to Sonny and Sonny's like, well, I'm working for Lucha Underground and um, AEW at the same time. Same goes for a couple impact guys. Do you think the stories about Lucha Underground restricting talent from working elsewhere are a little overblown or do you have issue with the way that these contracts been worked out? You know, I don't, I don't know if everybody has the same deal or if they don't. I know originally when we first started Lucha Underground, like the first season, that nobody could work for anybody. It was like um, you could do indie shots, but no other TVs. But then when we, you know, took some big long hiatus and stuff, then they started letting people work for, um, you know, like you saw work for New Japan and TNA, AAA. Um, I and I don't know. I don't know their contracts. I don't want to know their contracts. I try to get, stay out of all of that stuff. Yeah. That's not my my forte. You know, I'm not. I'm not public relations. That's 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 not what I want to do. So, um, I, I I don't know what's 
you know, you know, people, other people I've heard they're trying to get out of the contracts, just all those different things. And that's just above my pay grade. And I kind of keep it that way. Yeah. It's probably best to keep some distance. I was just wondering, um, you know, I did bring, yeah, up- I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, no, I know all of those, my contract, you know, and I can, I can do what I want to do. But that's that's just me, you know. Well, if you can do what you want to do, that's a good transition here into what will probably be my last topic I bring up. Uh, this interview was I, I mentioned AEW when I was talking about Sonny. Um, what do you what do you make of the launch of this? I mean, how much of this reminds you of like the Monday Night War era? It doesn't remind me of the Monday Night War era yet because um, that was a two companies. I mean, battling back and forth and, you know, I mean, WCW almost put WWF at the time out of business. I mean, very, I mean, close. And this is from what I've understood and everybody, when I went afterwards and I, I, this is what they were telling me, you know, that, that they were close to, you know, (laughs) the payoffs for the boys was really low and the attendance was low. And, you know, until they changed to that attitude era and then really came back up again, um, I, I, I personally love competition and I think wrestling needs that. So I, it's great to see another company. God, I, nobody's going to challenge WWE. They're, they're just, they're the Coca-Cola of wrestling. So, but you have a another or a few different companies kind of start stepping up to where now wrestlers can go other places and, uh, it's great for wrestling. It's great for the wrestlers. It's great for the fans. Now they get a they 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 get a choice, and then you get people. Uh, WWE can't can't just they're, they're not the only game in town anymore. In a sense, now people are like going, okay, well, I'm going to leave and go over here. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go to New Japan, and it's it's great. It's great for competition, man. It's it's cool because you know when there's a monopoly and there's just well, that, that's when it's when things you know don't go great. Yeah, uh, you know, you don't have to be Coke. We have Pepsi, RC Cola. I'm from the South. I love a good cherry RC Cola. It's delicious. Right, RC Cola. Yeah, totally. You can't find cherry. I, RC I, agree, Cola. I agree. I agree with that. You know, and that's one thing that I, AW. I hope to see them. You know, it's really great to see them. You know, sell out. That's awesome. And shows, not little shows. You know, big. That's great. And for them to give some creative capability and stuff, that's awesome. I, I would love to see that. Con- continue to see if they can do that you know um and not have just you know two shows a year and start having you know 10 10 shows a month mm-hmm. and continue to do that that now now we're talking you know but that, that's a really tough spot tough tough to get to that place you know and, and i hope that they can do that because that, that would be that'd be great for everybody yeah, and I mean, have you have you chatted with them at all? I mean, you're you're a free agent, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, I don't know what your interests are in, yeah. the, in the pro wrestling business, but have they reached out to you about about possibly doing anything? So I, I put that out there. I definitely am a free agent for sure. Uh, I no, I haven't talked to them. You know, I, I've, I've chatted with Jericho a little bit on it. Um, it's great to see him going over there and see a big big star make a jump, and hopefully, you know, a couple other big stars make a jump. Um, I, I haven't, I would absolutely be down talking to Cody or anybody and just pick their brains and just see where they're at. If it's a fit, if it works for them, work for me, then I'd, I'd be happy to get there, you know, but there's, there's a lot of other factors involved, you know, that's what they, do you have, and what are they, 
looking for people, you know, and, and same, same with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you'd be a great fit there, but I mean, you know, WWE, obviously, you know, there's a lot of money there and you know, they're, it does seem like they're putting more attention on the cruiser weights right now. I mean, a couple of the two Oh five live guys have really started to branch over Mustafa Ali in particular. I mean, are there any, uh, are there any dream matches there for you or do you have anything left you'd like to accomplish in WWE? You know, man, the thing, the thing with WWE and I, I, you know, still, you, you, WWE, that's still the new of a place, but it's, you, you have to give up so much of your time and life to go there. They, they don't, they don't want you to, hey, come in for, you know, for a match or two, you know, twice a year, you know, unless you're, you know, Undertaker or, you know, uh, Rock can come in and out and call the shots or somebody Jericho did that for a little while, come and come in and call the shots or Goldberg. You know, you know, I guess Batista's doing it right now, but there's, there's it's very few people that actually do that. So you have to give them a full time commitment, and and that's the I'm not really ready to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be honest, sure. I I just got too much other things going on that to actually give them full time for that. But they're you know, I, it's it's cool to see, like I said, that just to see both companies doing well and and. It's great for the boys. I always love, you know, the wrestlers to be able to have somewhere to go and, and do something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, uh, Shavo, I want to thank you so much for the time. I took more than I told you I would, but I was just like talking uh, no, with you. No, no, no problem at all. I'm glad you did. Yeah, lots of good stuff here, man. Uh, you know, you talk about all the projects you're working on right now. Is there anything in particular you want to plug, promote, or put over here before we wrap it up today? Um... That's what I'm just talking about, you know, below season three, you know, I'll be out in the summer at some point. I'm not sure when that's up to Netflix basically, but, um, definitely, I'm definitely, it's going to be another great one and hopefully set up a really good season four. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the Winkley, my uh, co-commentator at Warrior Wrestling. And of course he's one half of the commentary team here tonight at MLW's Intimidation Games. It's Rich it's Rich Brennan. Rich Bikini? No, you're not Rich Brennan. Why did you call me? You're not you're Rich Brennan on my phone. You're Rich Bikini, right? Bokini. Bokini. Who's Rich Brennan? Uh, that was the. Uh, Did he die in a train crash a couple uh, years ago or something? That's right. Did he electrocute himself? I apologize. Uh, something happened to him. I don't he know used what. to do commentary on SmackDown though, right? Oh, that guy. That guy used yeah, to. Yeah, no, I no, I. He I, looks I, like you. I heard he died in a strange kiting accident. Actually, that's right. He put a he put a key on the kite out in a lightning storm, <laughs> right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it yeah. Was weird. JBL pushed him into doing it. He was like, "Do it, do yeah, it." Yeah, you know, I I, I was uh, <laughs> I, I was somewhere recently, and I, I had a black suit that I hadn't worn in a while, and you know, I found I found the program to that guy's funeral in my. In my, in my kind of like when Homer found the the program for Frank Grimes, and he said, "Whatever happened to that guy anyway?" Yeah, no, I Frank Grimes, man, you know what a character. Yeah. Lost to the lost to the Simpsons universe. There was Frank <laughs> Grimes. You know, there's some people that are like, I know exactly what he's talking about, and this guy's awesome. There's other people. What on earth? Who, who is Frank? And now they're googling Frank you kinda, Grimes right with now. The, with the big black rim glasses, like I can. I kinda, you kind of. You think me, I look like Grimy? You're you're giving me Frank Grimes <laughs> vibes right now. I'm not. I'm not gonna like say I'm not. So. Uh, all right. Um. Well, Rich, you're uh, you're doing commentary here. I've done. I do commentary with you. You got it <laughs> very poorly. You did. Thanks, buddy. You do. Uh, <laughs> You know, there was that guy after the I'm show. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I, I enjoy doing shows with you at Warrior Wrestling. You're a jerk. Um, you, <laughs> you're doing commentary here tonight. Um, you got upset because I was. I told you to do this interview. Yeah. And you should be resting your voice. I, sh- I have to talk for like four hours now, and now you're requiring me to talk to you 
Oh, you which know is even more insulting than just talking, you know, for the hell of it. This is good. The fact that I'm I'm wasting my precious uh, the, the, the the sound waves coming out of my voice box on you now in this show when I have a three hour TV show to call four th- hours. This is good. I'm glad. You know what? Liz is here, my girlfriend, and Liz has a she's got a master's in music. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, you've told me that. She's. You want to talk to Rich about his vocal exercises, Liz? Um. Yeah, I sing <laughs> opera. Take me through your uh, your warm ups pre show. Uh. Actually, you know what? I go outside and I sing for a few minutes. Do you really? <laughs> no, it is. Do you want to sing for us right no, now? No, I don't. But so, sometimes I'll I'll go and I'll I'll hum like a Smith song because it's kind of the same octave. I can hit those octaves, all right. Um. So yeah, I'll go and I'll sing a little Morrissey or whatever, and kind of kind of get the. Get the get the get the golden throated tones warmed up or the whatever the hell I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Get the dulcet tones fired up. And as she hands me back the <laughs> microphone, she's like, she's like I "Enough of this. I'm done with this. Enough of this." Do this <laughs> so, Rich, you're doing commentary tonight. It's like a mystery. I mean, because I don't see Stryker here. I don't. I don't see. Could be anybody. Sh- I don't see Shivani here tonight. It's just no. You. Well, Tony has basketball tonight. Right. I know a lot of people are asking, "Where's Tony Shivani?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony is a producer. Um, Oh, no, does he do the Bulldogs? Yeah, the Georgia yeah. Bull. Yeah, uh, but he produces their radio. So when there's basketball, and obviously it's March, March Madness, so sure. it's basketball, so he's sure. busy with that. And um, MLW for a while, we were running on Thursdays, sometimes on Fridays, so he was able to, to come and do the shows. Sometimes he has conflicting dates. Uh, you know, my understanding is that uh, we will see Tony Okay. At the broadcast booth again. Good. Uh, don't hold me to that, but I'm told that that is. That, but you're that, the linchpin here. You're the linchpin. Yeah, I you're guess the, I, you're I, the glue yeah, that holds I, this whole yeah, thing together. Yeah, I'm like Reggie Jackson, right? You are like Reggie. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about you earlier, I was What's like, that? Rich, Rich is just like Reggie Jackson. Uh, I'm the, yeah, the the what is he? The straw that stirs the drink. Was that his line? I, I don't know. I, I honestly yeah. don't know anything I, about Reggie Jackson. I, I saw that in uh, uh, was it Bronx is burning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go back and watch that. You know, I actually don't think I'm the straw that stirs the drink. I'm just we're talking about Reggie Jackson. We rewatched The Shining last night. Ooh. And the shinning? The shinning. <laughs> and it doesn't it's not good. It doesn't hold up. Yes, it does. No. How did why are you talking about The Shining all of a sudden? Because we're I know you so well. I wanted to do a casual conversation, chat casual. What do you mean The Shining doesn't hold up? Are you nuts? Not next you're going to tell me <laughs> next, Who's next, next? You're, next you're going to try and tell me the, the airplane doesn't hold up. Okay, oh, yeah, I love Coda. Sorry. They're trying to get me Conan to talk to you next because are you going to great job? Are you are you going to tell me that airplane doesn't hold up now? <laughs> Airplane's a fantastic, but Shining's different, man. Shut we, up. We watched it last night. And we're like, we get it, dude. You beat your wife and your and your kid there. And like, I lo- it, I love the Simpsons version of the Shining, the Shinning. Yeah, you want to get you with the Simpsons? Nah, you started just, with Frank Grimes in this conversation. Did. We did start. You know what? I left my house today at. Uh, Oh, about 4.30 in the morning to drive to the airport. Okay. Flew here, and now I'm here, and uh, basically I'm, I'm going on about an hour and a half of sleep. Sure. So, yeah. So I'm just kind of, I'm just, I don't, I'm not even going to remember talking in about 20 minutes. I'm gonna, did I, didn't I just see, I, when was the last time I saw Nick? I, I'm not going to remember that I talked to you. Sure. You know, I should probably get at least one quote from you that yeah, I can okay. use. Did you say you're waiting for Conan? He's I coming over. Him. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's coming over in a bit. But uh, right. I don't know, like, what do you hate? What's, like, what's your biggest commentator pet peeve, Rich? That's a good one. What's your What's your biggest commentator pet peeve? Oh, I don't want to do that. No, you don't want to answer that question. No. Well, you know why? Because I I don't. I have a way that I like to do things in a certain uh, psychology or philosophy that 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 I believe in in the way that I want to do it. Doesn't mean that everybody needs to do it like that. But no. for, but for me to say like I have a pet peeve with X, 
then that is going to eventually, or somebody's going to be able to boil that down and say, oh, he doesn't like this guy. You know what I'm saying? And well, I'm not going to do that because I will never publicly critique another announcer. Would you say Michael Cole was your biggest influence as far as your style goes or no? No, not at all. No. Who was your biggest influence? Uh, Tony Schiavone and Fred Cusick. Fred Cusick was the voice of the Boston Bruins. Okay. Um, but seriously, Tony, 85-88, TBS, Jim Crockett Promotions, was he was like one of the first voices that I ever heard I just feel that like I ever I, really gravitated to. I just feel like when I do commentary with you, there's like a lot of lessons you learned from Michael that you will oh, bring I, up. You know. I'm not saying any. I'm not saying anything bad about Cole. I no, I, no. I I like I like Cole. I haven't talked to him since I got let go. But uh, I like Cole. He was a great teacher and he taught me a ton. Yeah, dude. He taught me a ton, and I've said this on other interviews before. He gets a, a lot of crap from people that is undeserved. Yeah. He, for for what WWE wants, for what they want, there's nobody better. There's yeah. no one. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I I like Michael as well. It's uh, it's just one of those things I feel like when I sit there, I'm very spoiled getting to learn from you because you've been with and worked with good people, and, you know, now I get to work with you. You're like a mentor to me. It's it, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like the Bill Belichick coaching tree, right? Yeah. Like like Michael Cole. And you then, don't want to be associated yeah, with the Patriots right now. I hate the Patriots. There's a lot of negativity around So yeah, a lot of people are surprised. Oh, you're from, you're from Rhode Island. You must love the Patriots. Ah, I used to. Until yeah. everybody around, and I used to like the Red Sox too, until everybody that I know from up there went from being like, if you're my age, which is older, you're old enough to remember Bill Buckner blowing, you know, blowing the, the, the ground ball in the 86 World Series. Sure. You grew up with the idea that if you were from New England, nothing good was ever, like you would be winning and then you would find a way to lose because that's what the Red Sox always did. The Patriots were terrible. The Bruins, eh, they were okay. They won the Stanley Cup in 72. They were always competitive, but not quite good enough. So you have this mentality and this mindset that, oh, man, I better not get too excited about this because the bottom's going to fall out. Yeah. Now, over the past 20 years, I talked to my nephew, who's 20, who has no idea. All he knows is that New England teams win. And the fans up there have become the most obnoxious. Like, they're worse than Yankee fans. You, they seriously are. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, and when Kraft got arrested, because he, you know, he likes to pay who, for sex, who, I guess. Who knew Bob Kraft? <laughs> Listen, you know what? He, he, here's, a, here's an interesting thing with Bob Kraft. Okay. You see him six or seven years ago when his wife was alive. Oh, man. This is okay? dark. Loved his wife. Yeah. Right? You see him now, and he's got kind of like the, like the feathered mullet. And he and he wears like like the skin tight black suits and like the sneakers. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like seventy seven, like, and he's out. He's, he's, his he's girl, paying he, for sex. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, got, he's got like this thirty nine year old girlfriend. Right. Right. Like she's pretty attractive. And she is. You know so, what the, you think for me is I think it's a power thing. I don't think I think for him. Yeah, for him to go pay for women to do. Things. Oh, probably. You know. Probably. Oh yeah. He, why is he dropping eighty dollars? You know. If you're Bob Kraft, <laughs> if I was thinking about this, if you're Bob Kraft, I'm glad we're talking about we are. this. Why wouldn't you just a fly to Nevada? Sure. Where it's legal. Yeah. Or if you're gonna be discreet, I mean, there you can, you could be a little more discreet than to go to. Massage parlor. I can't, like, come on. I can't imagine in the touring carnival world of pro wrestling <laughs> that some people don't know connections in each of these cities or something like that. <laughs> Awkward oh, laughter man. to close the yeah, interview. No, um, it's 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 great. But anyway, I hate the Red Sox, <laughs> and I don't. I no longer. I no longer like the Patriots. I still enjoy the Bruins and the Celtics. I don't like basketball. So there you go. Thank you, Rich. You're, you're welcome. <laughs>
All right. Uh, thank you very much, Shavo. Thank you, Rich uh, and Justin. Thank you very much for doing the uh, news with me. Uh, this Sunday after Fastlane, we are going to have a discussion over on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel that I encourage you to tune into. Of course, you can find the audio from that discussion over on the Wrestling Inc. Audio iTunes channel uh, almost immediately as soon as it's done there. But right now, Justin, it is time for our Fastlane preview and predictions. Are, are you ready to predict some winners and losers here, Justin? Well, I'm still a little bruised from the news that I could use, but sure. Well, here are some previews you can predict and pontificate while punditing. It's a lot of alliteration. Yeah, I'm quick on my feet. I drank too much coffee. All right, uh, let's start with the kickoff show match. And by the way, <laughs> I did not know this was the kickoff show match. Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, uh, Andrade almost, which is just Andrade now, I think. Uh, this should be on the main card. What is going on with this? Well, again, when it's labeled as kickoff show, that's not as they don't look at it as as, a, as the demotion that it used to be. If okay. you were, you know, like I don't know, it's it's just a it's a way to warm the crowd up. It's a way to get. I mean, yeah, I mean this this could be a mania match if you wanted it, but um, it's it makes sense from their lot. Look, it, it, they're streaming it on YouTube, they're streaming across social. This is a very exciting match that if you stream to anywhere, people, you know, this is there'll be a ton of gifs coming out of it, a ton of a ton of good clips because of, of what they'll do. Um, so I, I, from all that standpoint, I understand them putting it where they are. Well, and since it is that, since it's being used in this fashion, being put first here, I'm going to think Ray's going to win. So the crowd starts with a big pop and a win and they're feeling good. They're going to go buy some popcorn and a t-shirt, sit down with their kid and get ready for the main show. Right. I would agree to that. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. If that is the actual logic behind that decision. Um, all right. Then we have here the SmackDown tag team champions. The Usos are going to be taking on the Miz and Shane McMahon. Uh, they're defending the tag titles here. Who goes Who goes away with the titles? Usos or, or Ms. Shane? I think Usos. I think Usos, too, because, I mean, it's time to pull the trigger on whatever is going to happen here. Who Now, I don't think it's a given Miz turns on Shane. I think Shane may turn on Miz. How bizarre is it going to be if Mania comes and goes and Shane and Miz are still partners? Like We're all just waiting for this inevitable implosion, but, like... Or, or in your case, you're waiting for the Mrs. Dad. Yeah, Mrs. Dad. I think it's Mrs. McMahon, but, you know. Well, because Hunter's, Hunter's uh well, he's a baby face right now, right? But Steph's a, a heel. Um, Shane could be a heel. Sure. With his dad? Why not? Um, but I just, I feel like it's, um I don't know. I, I think the Miz baby face run is, is working. I don't, I just. Mm, well, I it's obviously, and obviously worth noting, they'll be in the Miz's hometown of Cleveland. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they will be. Um, hmm. Just makes me makes me wonder. I mean, if they stayed together as a tag team, you know, they could maybe uh, issue an open challenge for a TLC match, right? Miz and Shane defend the, the titles in a TLC match at WrestleMania? Who knows? Against the Hardys. And... and the Usos. There you go. There you go. Put it together. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Sasha Banks and Bayley are going to take on Nia Jax and Tamina. Um, seems a little early to take the tag titles off of Sasha and Bayley, so I'm going to stick with them. What do you think? Yeah, I tend to go that way too. But then at the same time, um, you know, then at the same time, it could just be, oh, well, we just won the history books that Sasha and Bailey were the, you know, inaugural tag champions. And like, you know, like I think you and I both thought the same thing before the Elimination Chamber, which is, you know, a heel tag team kind of works well to start a division out with the title. So, uh, I mean, I'll go Sasha and Bailey, but I don't think it's a lock. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Uh, then we move on to SmackDown Women's Champion Asuka taking on Mandy Rose. Uh, I would say this is a layup for Asuka, but 
I don't know what's going on with Oscar right now. And they seem to be kind of behind Mandy Rose. Yeah, there's a lot of stock behind Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is, is doing the gimmick that Vince is long envisioned. You know, he, you know, they kind of saw this for Eva Marie and things didn't pan out with her. They, they, they wanted this for Emelina. She didn't want to have any part of that. They like this foggy camera lens, sultry pornography music, Corey Graves, you know, losing his mind over her. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Oscar wins it here, but this might not be over. This, this might, Mandy Rose's WrestleMania plans might be uh, bigger than we anticipate. She does it. It reminds me of like Silk Stockings. Remember that show that used to air after Raw? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, how could you, you never forget the shows that air after Raw? Silk Stockings, LaFemme, Nikita, uh, 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 Pacific Blue. Oh, Pack Blue. What a classic, right? Uh, and of course, now I would not have ever watched Grizzly Knows Best had it not been for SmackDown. So. Ugh. Don't get me started on him. So wait, so let's pick. So we didn't really pick here, but it sounds like we're both kind of leaning Mandy. I I don't. Well, no, I said I think Oscar this one, but I but they got plans for Mandy. It seems. All right, well I'll pick Mandy. I think they're just going to pull the trigger. They seem to be way more into her than Oscar at the moment, and I don't know what they're wow. going on. I don't could know. You, could you could you imagine a meltdown on social media? Well, we just talked about you know how it would work better to have a heel going into Mania, right? Maybe you know pulls the trunks, does something to, to get one over on Oscar here, and you get fired up. Oscar looking to you know kick the crap out of Mandy Rose at WrestleMania and take her title back. Well, I'm, well, I'm just saying this, the meltdown will be insane. <laughs> I know that's that's the thing. You have a heated match going into WrestleMania. I mean, what else are they doing with Oscar and Mandy right I, now? Look, I believe in pro wrestling heat, but there's a portion of fans out there that don't want to be mad about anything. <laughs> Hey, you know, why Why have he, when you could just like everybody, still my favorite tweet of the week. What's wrong with everybody being over and liked? Ugh. Logic. Um, Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival, are going to take on Aleister Black and Ricochet, uh, as well as Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, who turned heel by attacking The Revival on Monday Night Raw in a move that would seem lateral to me. Um, what I mean, it, it's Black and Ricochet, right? I mean, these guys are... I, I hate... Alistair Black and Ricochet as a tag team. They Me are too. two characters that would never be. They they don't. They, 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 there's no business linking them together. But there's no business picking against them because WWE has them beating everybody right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I say they got to take the titles with the rocket that they've got attached to them at the moment. And you know, it is very sad to hear what's going on with Ciampa. You know, the next the next fusion surgery and, and being out. But this opens the door for Johnny Gargano to not be featured in the tag team right now. And if they do stay with him on the main roster, uh, you know, hopefully he can, you know, take advantage of that opportunity to, to shine as a single star. Because I wish these two were getting the chance to do that, you know? And if that happens for Gargano, it's so interesting. His, his WWE career, he's bobbed and weaved and avoided what we look in hindsight probably would have been a bad situation. It started with they initially were going to put Johnny Gargano <clears throat> on the 205 Live. And he was actually part of the original promos. When they were showing you packages to introduce who the, some of the talent were going to be that they were going to put on the inaugural 205 live show and play for the title, he was one of them. And then they, after like two weeks, they nixed it. They decided, no, they want to keep him with NXT. And then so, and that obviously worked out well. And then so now, uh, if he ends up actually avoiding the tag team situation on Raw or SmackDown, which I think he should, uh, no disrespect to Ciampa, um, and he can end up being a single star, I think it'll be another good Bob and Weave for him. Man, uh, we shall see. Um... So, who are you, you picking Aleister Black and Ricochet to take the titles, or do you think Revival retains? What, what do you think is going to happen here? I'm picking Black. Well, I mean, obviously, you could have the Revival win and Black and Ricochet not be involved in the in the pinfall, so you could protect them. But, uh, yeah, like you said, the, with the rocket up their butt, it's hard to pick against them. It's hard to pick against Black and Ricochet. But I, I still, I cannot stand these two guys 
P and team together. And I know that the team together down in NXT, everybody keeps tweeting that to me as if I don't know. I'm aware, and I don't like it there either. Alistair Black has this rise from the dead kind of awesome entrance, and we see him 30 seconds before in the gorilla position doing interviews. That, that I, I'm not calling him the Undertaker, but we don't see Undertaker doing interviews before the gong hits and coming out. Like, it just... It takes it all away. It's it, these are two guys that have no that, that they have no business being together as characters as a tag team. I hate it. Um, and uh, so I mean, it sounds like Gable and Rude though would be the fall guys here either way. Does, I mean, mutually, it sounds like we don't think Revival or Black or Ricochet would take the pinfall here. It seems like Gable and Rude are going to do the honors. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got another uh, we got another six man bout here. This time it's two three two teams of three. The Shield reuniting to take on Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. I'm putting my money on the premier players here of Corbin McIntyre Lashley with Ambrose taking the fall. Yeah, probably just to give us life uh, for whatever Roman's going to do at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. And did you also feel like these three, Corbin McIntyre and Lashley, started to really gel as a unit on Monday night? Uh, I don't know if I go that. Well, I'll put it this way. They, they, in all the random pairings that we've had in the last six months, you know, Braun, Dolph, Drew, like we've seen all these different like random assortions of like the heels put together. They, they, this is the least bothersome to me. I'll put I'll phrase it that way. Good. Yes, I agree. These are just, but it's they're three men with like chips on their shoulder. They just want to ro- walk around just beating people up. And I'm start. It's I'm starting to I'm starting to dig out on it. I like the premier player's name. I hope they keep that name. I don't know if it was just something that was thrown out there uh, by by Corbin on the microphone, but I think that's a good moniker for these three guys. Um, I do have a weird. I do have a weird feeling it's going to be those three guys at WrestleMania up against Braun Strowman and the two guys from SNL. <laughs> oh, Joe! Oh man, when he choked out Jost, man, that was the pop of the week for me. I thought because I tweeted before Jost and Shay uh, came on uh, that I really hoped they booked Michael Che as the babyface and Jost as the heel, and they did that, and I was I was I was satisfied with the dynamic between those two. I thought it was great. Um, Charlotte Flair is going to take on Becky Lynch. If Becky wins, she gets added to the, uh, the raw women's title match at WrestleMania to make it a triple threat. Um, uh, it would seem that Becky will win this. I don't know how you don't have Becky win this without having everybody want to light the building on fire. Oh, the way they don't is they have Charlotte win it. And then we go through another few weeks of Becky suspended. Becky's arrested. Now Becky's in line. Oh, God, this, this, they've managed to, they, they've, they've put more left turns to this thing. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I would hope that just have Becky win and we can just finally, especially if it's going to be the main event, they can finally just create the billboard and start promoting it and have four weeks to promote triple threat. I'd hope that they would just do that, but they, that nothing is shocking me anymore in the build to this. It's been so convoluted. You ready for this? You ready for this? All right. Charlotte, Charlotte Flair cinches in the figure four, right? And Becky's looking to just, she's just about to turn it. And Vince runs out and he's like, ring the bell. She's tapped. She tapped. And you do the uh, the screw job, only this time it's a figure four leg lock. Because that's the only thing we aren't getting here in this uh, this mess. It's an actual screw job involving Vince McMahon. The Cleveland screw job. <laughs> Finally here. Oh, so wait, you think, Be- I think Becky had, I mean, you think Charlotte's going to win? I kind of think Becky no, has to win. I'm, I'm, Becky should here. I'm just saying nothing. I don't put anything past them. But yes, I'm, I'm going Becky. <laughs> Man, I know. It's like a tentative bet on Becky. I agree with you. Uh, lastly here, WWE champion Daniel Bryan taking on Kevin Owens, defending his WWE championship. Uh, again, two pay-per-views in a row. Daniel Bryan main eventing uh, because Brock Lesnar doesn't wrestle anymore. Um, I th- uh, don't, don't speak so quickly. I would not be shocked if they put Charlotte and Becky last. You think Charlotte Becky could close? I think, I think they got a. I think it's a, as good as a 50-50. 
And then and then Becky stands up and she spray paints in the air A E W. Actually, actually, you know what? You might you know, I might be able to make a thirty. You might be able to make a thirty three, thirty three, thirty three case. You might be able to make a thirty three case for Brian um, uh, and 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 uh, Kevin. You might be able to make a thirty three for Charlotte and Becky. You might be able to make a thirty three percent chance for the Shield reunion and that Roman's back. I, you know, and this is a stacked card. They're really other than the match with Oscar and Mandy, which would maybe you know not be a five star classic, I guess. But I think we'll have a lot of. Uh, energy behind it. This is a, this is a very good card that we got coming up here on Sunday night. But all three of those matches, I could see them justifying that putting it last. Yeah. Um, well, he, who's going over here? Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Last pick. Bryan. Mm, I agree, and I think it's going to be some kind of huge schmas involving a lot of people uh, in the end of this. All right, uh, that is it for our previews and predictions. Uh, Justin, we went a little bit longer than usual here um, to end the week. I want to thank you for the time. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? You think Raj is paying overtime for us going long? I don't think so. But he is on the list, I heard, not too far off from mm-hmm. Ted Turner. TailgateJoe.com, WrestleMania Day Tailgate. Come join me. 55 bucks to reserve. All you can eat, all you can drink. TailgateJoe.com. Plus, we still have some spots left in the suite for the Hall of Fame. Go to TicketKingOnline.com and uh, watch the Hall of Fame in VIP style luxury with me. Yeah, because Cons, McMahon, Turner's, Geary's. I think is what it is. Um, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I am uh, at Wink Rebel over on uh, Twitter. Uh, I got a lot of interviews in the tank right now. There's there's a lot of really good ones in there as well. Um, I won't spoil because we're going to pick today what six we're going to run next week. So I won't spoil. Obviously, Dog is in the mix. Um, but uh, look, I look forward to, to being back with you guys next week, getting to share some of these interviews with you, getting to talk with Justin and Michael and uh, and so much more. I never use the hashtag, but if you want to use the hashtag Winkly, go ahead. It can be feel nice and, you know, maybe we'll get it into a mailbag someday. Um, and with that said, uh, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>